Hello and welcome to the Relational Parents Podcast, where we get off autopilot and give thoughtful attention to how we interact with our children and relate to ourselves so that you can show up in your family as the best version of yourself with a lot more joy and ease. I'm your host, Teresa Puckett, and I'm thrilled you've joined us today. Hello, I'm so excited to be with you here today. Welcome to Do I Have to Do Everything Myself? Let's just take a few deep breaths before we start. In through the nose, out through the mouth, nice and deep and slow. Okay, so the great news is, no, you don't have to do everything yourself. And today I'm coming to you, we're going to talk about five different tools. And the first one I have for you is a mindset tool. It's a tool of my own. And then the four that follow are a little bit more tactical and they are my own interpretations of the positive discipline tools. They're really based in positive discipline. They're wonderful. So the first, the overarching mindset tool that is, I would say, the most important to begin with. You know, you even felt it when I said, do I have to do everything myself, right? It's I always talk about it. It's the energy that we're bringing. And the first tool is called task versus relationship. Okay. So if we are in a major, major time crunch and we need to do three things in less than five minutes before we get out the door and we, you know, yell to our whatever age, five-year-old, 10-year-old, 15-year-old, can you just blah, 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 whatever, to get it done fast, that I would submit to you, especially if it's something that they're not really sure how to do, they can't do it as fast as you, you have some requirements about how it gets done, that's really going for task over relationship because there's time pressure that just increases the level of stress, right? For everyone. So we're going to, I'm going to say it's, it really is a choice. Is it, is it most important to get the task done and get it done fast or get it done right? And you're the one that knows how to do it. If so, then it really is important for you to do that yourself. If, however, there's a little bit more space in there, there's space for, it doesn't have to be done perfectly. It doesn't have to be done in a major rush. Then that is more of the time when we can invite someone else in. And that is where it's about the relationship 
and which relationship am I talking about? There's two possible ones, right? The relationship between you and the person that you're asking for help and that person's relationship with themselves. Okay, and that will become a little bit clearer as we go, I think. But let's let's just take, for example, that the example that I just used. We're in a rush. I really need for someone to turn off all the lights and close the laundry room door. And I yell to my six-year-old to do it, and he misses one of the lights. Okay, so, so if I, in that scrunchy, stressed out moment, choose to yell at him and, and this, you know, say, oh, you know, you, you missed the third light. Come on. Can't I ask you to do anything? Can't you get anything right? Whatever the words are that come out of my mouth in that stressed out moment, I'm obviously not doing anything to, uh, to help the relationship between me and my son, right? That is pretty obvious. What may not be so obvious is there's a really big, a high likelihood that I'm also not acting to, um, to help his relationship with himself. Now it depends on who he is and how he's all wired, but he could take that as one piece of evidence that, okay, well, you know, mom is pretty capable. Mom, you know, mom knows best, quote, in air quotes. Um, and she just told me that I can't do anything right. He might take that as evidence that he is not capable, that he is not competent, that he cannot do things. And that is really, really not a good thing. That's not what you're trying to do as a parent. That's not what I'm trying to do. So being mindful of the task versus relationship, and it's not all about the relationship between you and your child. It's not only about that. It's very, that is very important, but we are also potentially affecting in ways that we cannot control their own self-image, the relationship they have with themselves in these interactions. Okay. And also I just wanted to bring in, and I don't have the full quote in front of me, but this I, I feel really harkens back to that beautiful quote by Maya Angelou. People will forget about the things you do and the things you say, but they will never forget the way you make them feel. So if that helps, to keep in mind when you're in sort of a pressure cooker situation or when you find yourself going like, oh my gosh, can't anyone else load the dishwasher the right way? Like, <laughs> they will always remember the way you make them feel. And there are potentially unintended consequences if we're making them feel incapable or less than. So task versus relationship. 
great one to keep in mind, task versus relationship. Okay, we'll move a little bit more tactical now because you know, the answer to do I have to do everything myself is no. And there's a way, there's a really great set of tools that can help us to create the environment where others are helping and others are contributing to the family and to the household. So the first tool that I'm going to talk to you about today is called small steps. And you know, there's, there's another benefit to all of this episode, all the tools today, I'm just gonna say, they all obviously apply to parenting and relational parents and parenting our children. They also actually apply to any other adult that you are looking to ask for help or looking to um, take on a task or a set of tasks. So it's a little bonus for you. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, small steps though. Let's say tying their shoes, right? We're talking about a preschooler and tying their shoes. Nobody, nobody pops into the world knowing how to tie their shoes. Nobody pops into the world knowing the right way or, you know, a specific way to load the dishwasher. So we take small steps toward learning these things. And the really, really important thing, again, I always, I always go back to this, the really important thing that we as the parent bring to our child when we sit to teach him how to tie his shoes. We bring our energy of, there's no rush to do this, right? You're not less than if this takes you 100 tries versus 50 tries. Who, you know, who cares? You're gonna get this, it's no problem. And our belief in them that they can do it. So whether it's a toddler we're talking about or a 10 year old or a teenager, whatever the task is, if it's something they haven't done before, we're breaking it into small digestible steps. And it might be that as long as we're breaking it into small digestible steps, we can go through those steps with them in one sitting. It might be that we are showing them all of the steps, but they will practice and move toward mastery on one step, only one step in the one sitting. And that's okay. And that's the energy that we bring to it, right? That it's okay. We're taking a small step, even if the small step is that you introduced the steps, right? And they haven't mastered anything and they haven't even done anything um, the right way, again, in air quotes. It's okay because they've seen it and they're on their way. They're on their way to practicing. So I, I will just give you a personal example, my own personal example of um, 
my basement and this is this is me with myself okay it's not even with the child it's my own personal example we have we are blessed to have a very large full basement in our house and our basement has nine foot ceilings it's amazing i mean i used to be uh you know once upon a time i was a real estate agent and i never saw a basement with higher ceilings than mine fantastic um it's a it's an unfinished basement and it was not in the best shape so my i had this vision actually five or six months ago like wow if we just painted the basement um it would it, it would look so much better and it's so big we could use it in so many different ways i had this great vision and i very quickly got overwhelmed with that such a big room easy to get overwhelmed with something that looks daunting tying your shoes if you are three years old looks daunting it can look daunting unless someone breaks it into small steps for you. So what I did for myself was I broke it into oh, like dozens and dozens of small steps, including, okay, this one section of this wall, this other section of the same wall, like just tons of steps. P.S. I'm in the middle of it. I'm not done yet, but I broke it into small steps. And I continue to do that. Even I'll take one, like one step and I'll break it into a half dozen more steps in order to show myself the progress. That is the kind of mindset, very, very helpful to take with our kids. If the first step seems very daunting to your child, then take it on yourself to break that into three more steps and show them just the first piece of those three steps into your original first step. Keep breaking it down. Okay, this is, it's a wonderful life skill actually to have and I, I practice it too. It's not the easiest one for me to practice. I want to, you know, like see the top of the mountain and just like get there. But that's just not the way that it happens in real life. And so I will get there I will take one step and focus and focus. And so that is a great way to, um, to teach our kids that life skill of small steps. So great. Next one is, it goes really well along with small steps. Take time for training. And like I said in the beginning, we need to bring the energy of I have all the time in the world for this. We're not in a rush here. We're like, we're sitting down for the first time. I don't know how many times it took me to tie my shoes. I've been tying my shoes for 45 years. I have a lot of practice. It's okay. It's okay. Like, you know, just taking that time for training. And so the example of the shoes was maybe for a, a three-year-old or four-year-old. Um, so I'll take another example from, uh, from with my own kids. This was, I'm not sure how old they were, eight or nine maybe, but we created, I created, <laughs> I really wanted, I needed help in the kitchen badly. 
And so I created a job, I created a, a thing called kitchen cleanup. And what I discovered along the way when I said like, okay, it's your turn to clean up the kitchen. And there's a lot of, you know, they were like, okay, okay. But what does that even mean? I know what that means to me. They did not know what that meant to me. So they did what it meant to them, of course. And it did not mean the same thing. I'm just going to say there was a very wide gap <laughs> between what I viewed as a kitchen cleanup and what they viewed as a kitchen cleanup. So three steps to this take time for training. I sat myself down and I, <laughs> this, was, this was not necessarily easy for me. It might be easier for you. I made a checklist. What are the things that constitute a kitchen cleanup? You know, I needed to spell it all out and be very explicit. And there were seven or eight things and then within those seven or eight things, they, they needed to be done, okay, not perfectly. You have to let go of perfection, but they needed to be done a certain way, or at least I needed to take the time to train my boys on how I do it and how I you know, wipe the counters and what I use and how I do it to make sure that they're clean and all of that. So that was my first step was to sit down and create that list, create that checklist. And then also my own little instructions. Okay, make sure I show them X, Y, and Z in this step. And then in this step, and then in this step. Then what I did once I did that, I went through and I actually, I, so I took them each individually and I, we did the training individually. Um, and the first time we went through it, it was them observing me and them watching me. Now they were old enough that um, at that time, that was the training. It wasn't, I didn't have to take like one instance and show them the counters and one instance and show them the floor. Um, they could handle the seven steps at once, but I only showed them in one sitting the next time, not the same time, but the next time they were the ones who did it. And I watched them and I wasn't like, oh, but, 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 you know, like getting right in there, I would watch and I would observe and I would say, okay. And try to have something positive to say. And I would say, that's, that's great. I really like the way you remembered about the Windex. Um, and remember, we, I'm making this up now, but we go counterclockwise as we go left to right or whatever it is. But to, you know, have the energy of this is, this is what's good do you remember this? And then it was like, oh yeah, yeah. And then, okay, that's awesome. You've got that. You're checked out on counters. Let's see floors next. And so we had this whole operation where I broke it into the steps. I showed them, they observed, and then I observed them. And, you know, we, we kind of went through that cycle as much as we needed to until they were checked out on everything on the list. And then they were qualified to do a kitchen cleanup. And so, um, so that's, that's where 
that uh, that tool takes us, those, those three steps. So the next positive discipline tool is called ask for help. Ask for help. And we ask, it was a, <laughs> it was my default mode, I'm going to say, um, to be like, can you just, that was language that I used a lot before I really got into this work. Can you just, very assumptive, everybody should know my way. My way is the right way. Can you just, that's not a great phrase to use. That, that phrase really creates distance instead of connection. It, it creates unwillingness, okay? on the part of whoever that person, whoever that is, that you're asking for help rather than a willingness. So, so a couple things about this tool to ask for help. It means I have to put down, I have to take off the, uh, the super mom cape, right? The super mom cape that says, oh, I can get all of the groceries out and I'll, like just see what I can do, you know? It's not about that. And, and we don't do ourselves any favors with that. It's about giving our child an opportunity to contribute, an opportunity to feel capable, to feel competent, and to encourage themselves that they are capable and competent. So if we view it that way, instead of I have to prove myself and prove what I can do, and then when it gets to be too much, then we fall into, oh, do I have to do everything myself? And why can't you? And can you just? So we kind of create that dynamic ourselves. But if we look at things um, that can be done as opportunities, for them to contribute, that's wonderful. And there's another piece to this I wanna share. So I shared the unhelpful language of can you just. <laughs> so there is some very helpful language that I'd like to share with you. And I first learned this from, I'm a few books on nonviolent communication that I read years and years and years ago. And I love this language. Would you be willing? Would you be willing to? And it could be, and I'll just paint this picture, right? Um, kids out playing in the yard. Um, I come back from the grocery store. I do have a few bags in my hands. Hey buddy, would you be willing to open the door for me? like that kind of energy, right? Like they can see, I need help. Would you be willing? Here's an opportunity for you to contribute. Here's an opportunity for you to like be my hero, right? Opening the door for me so I don't have to put my bag down. Like, oh, thanks so much, buddy. I really appreciate it. So those are the phrases, would you be willing? And then, you know, thanking them. I really appreciate it. And thanking them for what they contributed. Okay, so thanking them for the D, thanking them for their willingness, not, oh, you're such a good boy. It's not about that. And there's, 
you know, I, I've talked about encouragement versus praise, but uh, really appreciating that they were willing to help you out. So that's ask for help. And then the next, the next and the last tool that I'll uh, share with you today is called jobs. Okay, the positive discipline tool of jobs. And the idea here is that every member of the family is very important. Every member of the family belongs. It wouldn't be the same family without every member in it, right? So every member matters and every member is important enough and capable enough that they can contribute to the household in some way. And so it's not a, hey, you have to put in your fair share, that's not fair, do more. That, not that, but you are an important part of this family. And as such, we really need your contribution. We need for you to show up. You are so capable. So that's more of the energy and more of that dynamic there. And there are a lot of jobs here that need to be done. There's so much that needs to get done in the house. And so let's, you know, let's be creative and let's think about, you know, maybe we can make a list and maybe I bring a partial list and then we, you know, we fill it in together, a list of all the different things that are really important to get done and see what you might be um, you know, excited about doing or learning how to do. And here, if, if we can follow the child's interest, for example, if um, a child really loves to be outside, loves it, well, then that's wonderful. How about, uh, you know, whether it's weeding or um, pruning the bushes or um, gardening or when they're older, uh, mowing the grass or whatever it is. I remember um, my one son used to, I mean, in part, right, here's, this is, I will just say, I think this is probably more typical of, of boys, but not exclusively. He, like, he had a machete and he, we paid him. It was a special project, but he cleared out so much, just thistles and brush and all kinds of stuff. We have way more yard thanks to our son who cleared out a huge piece of the yard. That was something where it was like, he liked being outside. He liked, um, you know, being able to use his machete in a, and, you know, it was in a useful way, right? So that was wonderful. Really harnessing, you know, any part of their interest and seeing what contribution to the household, to the family can be made. Um, so the two points I wanted to make on that were building on their interest. And then also if there's an element of novelty, it doesn't have to be necessarily something that they're wildly interested in. And my personal example I'll share with you for this is, um, is laundry. So I, I'm going to tell you right now, mine are 15 and 17 right now, my sons. And 
if I were going to try to introduce laundry now, it would be a little different and I would do it in a different way. And it might be a little bit more challenging if they had 15 and 17 years of me doing their laundry. It might be more of a challenge to transfer that over just because of where they are in terms of their development and things that are going on in their lives. But I did that when they were in middle school and I, it was, you know, they were more like sort of 10, 11 kind of age when we, uh, we moved toward them doing their own laundry. So again, I did the small steps. I took time for training. We had talked about how, you know, everybody in the family, you know, needs to wear clothes every day and the clothes get dirty and da, da, da. And, you know, so there's this whole thing and there's laundry that needs to get done. And, you know, we had a whole conversation. It was a whole thing. It wasn't like, okay, guys, you're starting doing your own laundry starting next week. Let's go. It was, it was a process that we went through, but it was so kind of outside of their realm that they were like, wow, do my own laundry. That sounds kind of, I mean, they didn't say this out loud. Don't get me wrong, but the, I, you know, the idea was, wow, it's, that's kind of a grown up thing to do. And it did not seem daunting. It was only their own laundry. And it was kind of cool getting to operate the washing machine. And I showed them the settings and um, it, it was a lot about the time I took and the energy that I brought and the willingness to, um, you know, to, to be there for them as a support as they were like, mom, which dial, like what does what again? And, and why do I need warm versus cold here or whatever? But that's another example. So um, whether it's kind of a, a novelty thing or um, their interest, those are the, um, the big things around jobs I wanted to mention. So we've been a lot of places today. I'm just going to go backwards. We talked about jobs. We talked about asking for help and some languaging around that. We talked about taking time for training and breaking things into small steps to help them to feel capable and to build that capability and bringing our belief in them to all of these interactions. And we're going to end right where I started which is just on that whole mindset tool of task versus relationship. That is a really great touchstone. It's been a great touchstone for me um, throughout so, so many years. And even before I was a parent and, you know, just interacting with people at work and, you know, and outside of work too, in whatever organization, but task versus relationship, what's really important here? Is it really important for it to get done faster or to get done my way? Then, then maybe I should just take it on instead of putting that on someone and creating a lot of stress and um, you know, creating a, a lot of potential downside between us and then also if it's my child, especially for them. So little review there of task versus relationship, so, so important. I hope that this served you and until next time, I will see you soon, I hope. Bye for now.
So glad you took the time to listen today. As always, I welcome your questions and feedback. Please send them to me at support at relationalparents.org.